Sleek silver starships cut across bright blue skies on the planet Euron, menacing people on the ground. Their ray guns splatter body parts across the yellow desert landscape. I turned to my girlfriend Zoe and said, I can't handle this violence and gore. Let's leave. She nodded in agreement. We stood up and left the darkened theater. It was a brisk November night, and we walked to my car, a gray 1986 Toyota Camry. It was parked a few blocks from the UC campus in downtown Berkeley, California. We got in and buckled up. I playfully grabbed the shift lever between us and, pretending to blast blast off in a space rocket, made a loud, guttural vroom sound from the back of my throat. Mort, please don't do that, Zoe said as we pulled away from the curb. Zoe and I were in our early 50s. We had been dating for several months and were still getting to know each other. I decided to stop being playful and got serious as we turned onto University Avenue and headed down a two-mile commercial stretch to the freeway. We talked about the violent film we had just seen. I don't understand how it got such good reviews, I said. The plot wasn't that original or interesting. The violence was way overdone, Zoe added. Then I started telling Zoe about the very first violent experience of my life. I'm in kindergarten, age six, and was given permission to go to the bathroom down the hall. I'm alone and peeing in a urinal when a kid comes in and starts punching me real hard with his fists on the back of my head. I turn around to see this short, thin, black kid in a dark green shirt. He has frizzy hair, and I still remember his white sneakers. When you've had no experience with something, you just don't know what to do. I yell at him to stop, but he keeps hitting me on the head with his fists. I was relating this story to Zoe as our car reached San Pablo Avenue about two-thirds of the way down University Avenue, and we stopped for a red light at a major intersection of stores. When the light turned green, we started to pull away from the intersection, and I was about to describe the unusual metal-rimmed glasses that my young assailant was wearing, but never got the chance. A deafening, explosive force hit the side of my car. I turned to Zoe and said, Zoe, what's happening? She was sitting perfectly upright in her seat, looking forward, and said, Mort, it's going to be all right. I turned back in my seat, and it seemed as if time had slowed down, like in films, when they show people in the process of dying or going through traumatic events. Our voices were the only sounds that I heard as we floated in our bubble-like compartment. I turned to her again. Zoe, what's happening? I asked. She was sitting perfectly upright, and once again, she said, Mort, it's going to be all right. Our car had been sailing through the air, and I felt a loss of control, like we were falling off some cliff. When our car landed, it smashed into a wooden bench at a corner bus stop. 
It came to rest halfway up the sidewalk, just three feet from a Wells Fargo bank building. Then all the sounds came back, and everywhere I looked, people were running. There was a knock on Zoe's window, and a kind lady offered us a blanket. Sirens filled the night air, and then we were surrounded by police who helped us to get out of my car. My door was all mangled. I managed to work my way out through Zoe's door and immediately grasped the seriousness of what had happened to us. Her leg was bleeding, and I felt pain in my chest where I had hit the steering wheel. But miraculously, we were both able to stand up and join the crowds that had gathered in the street. I turned around slowly to view a scene that made me appreciate how close we had come to our death. The other driver, a tall, thin man in his 30s, was standing in the shadows across the street, and someone said that he reeked of alcohol. He had run his red light, and he broadsided my car on the driver's side by my front wheel. Had this happened a second or two later, he would have completely crushed my door and crushed me with it. When his car hit mine, it spun around and caught fire, but a fire truck arrived to quickly douse the blaze. His car sat in puddles of water, a black charred hulk. It was hard for me to imagine how he could have survived this crash, or even how we survived it. How did he get out? I heard a voice ask. It's a God-given miracle, a second voice answered. He must have jumped out before the impact, a third voice added. Before the fire started, another voice chimed in. The police spoke to us, filled out some forms, and offered to call an ambulance, but we declined. I think we were both still in shock, and by refusing to go to a hospital, were trying to minimize what had happened to us. It took forever for them to tow our cars away, and then a very nice cop drove us over to Zoe's place nearby. Our long, violent night was finally coming to an end. We had traveled from the desert sands of the planet Euron to a New York City public school bathroom of my childhood to a busy commercial shopping district in Berkeley, California. It was now time to begin the long, painful recovery from our very violent journey. Over the next year, I worked with a chiropractor, a psychotherapist, and a somatic body healer to deal with the accidents, physical and emotional assault on my body and psyche. Recovery and healing became the focus of my life and Zoe's life as well. I want you to close your eyes, breathe deeply, and feel the explosive force of the impact with the words of my somatic healer. I would then re-experience the violence of those moments as she worked to help me let go of it. Zoe, what's happening? were my words once again, and tears would roll down my face. Driving was scary after the accident. I bought another car a few months later, but it took a long time to feel any sense of comfort while driving. 
I once asked Zoe, what do you make of all the violence we experienced that night? We were on a violent track, she said. One part of this violent evening attracts the next, and I think it's all connected. The accident is just the grand finale. You mean I joked? If we had seen Mary Poppins at some theater that night, we might have had a pleasant evening without the accident? Yes, she answered firmly. You know, dear reader, that could be right. Right.